Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. Burnley, Lancashire, in the United Kingdom. It's a market town surrounded by the stunning Pennine countryside. It has a rich heritage and plenty to do. The gorgeous landscape provides the perfect backdrop for hikes, cycling, riding horses and much more. One of the people that called this place home was 33-year-old Katie Kenyon. She was a caring and loving woman, completely devoted to her two children, a son and a daughter whom she adored. She loved animals and was close to her family, always making time for other people. It was on the 22nd of April 2022 that the spelling of one word in a text message would set alarm bells ringing for her family. That day, at 12.18pm, Katie's daughter received a message from her. I love you and I'm sorry. Ring your dad. He will be looking after you for a while from today. I need to get help so I can be a better person for you and your brother. Please know I love you and I'm not upset with you. Sorry I couldn't tell you about it. If your dad won't look after you, Andy will always have your back. Remember, ring your dad or Andy. One thing in the text message stood out immediately. The spelling of the word while was missing the H. Katie never spelt it this way. Another message was sent to her son saying, Hey dude, I love you and I'm sorry. You need to ring your dad. He will be looking after you from today. I need to get help. It's not you. I love you. Will you look after your sister and know Andy will always have your back? Get your dad to come and get you while I'm gone. If he won't look after you, get him to take you to Andy. Again, the word while was incorrect. Katie's mother Dawn also received a text message from her at 1.42pm. It said, This is the bravest thing I've ever had to do. I need to find some peace and sort my mind out. So with the 6k Andy gave me to pay the debt off, I'm being free for a while, until I figure all this shit out. Just like the other two messages, the word while was missing the letter H. A text message had also been sent to Andrew Burfield, who was Andy in the text messages to her children. It said, I want you to know I'm truly sorry for everything. Andrew Burfield and Katie Kenyon had had an on-off relationship for several years. Dawn, Katie's mother, sent a message to her sister saying, Katie's walked out on the kids. This was completely out of character for Katie. She was an utterly devoted mother, and her family knew she would never go away and leave her children behind. At 5pm, Dawn contacted Sarah and Jenny, Katie's sisters, 
Jenny got in touch with Andrew to see if he knew where she was. He said he had no idea. He told Jenny he was at work that day and she had gone to his house to drop her card and keys through the letterbox before going to a clinic to get treatment for her anxiety. What he was saying didn't add up, so Sarah and her boyfriend Anthony went to Andrew's house. Andrew lived on Todmorden Road and when the pair arrived to talk to him, they saw her white Ford Fiesta parked outside his house, which still had her belongings inside, but Katie was nowhere to be seen. Andrew was not cooperative with Sarah and Anthony, and he ended up calling 999. He told the operator, There's a guy here threatening me. He's kicking my door in. I don't know his name. He's a friend of my girlfriend. He's standing in the foyer. I'm going to barricade the door. The police soon arrived on scene, and Sarah and Anthony spoke with them. They explained that Katie was missing, and that all these messages had come through from her phone. A missing persons investigation was immediately launched. The search started at Andrew Burfield's home. He was cooperative with the police and gave them ideas as to where she could be, including this clinic she had allegedly gone to. He showed the officers the message she had sent him and let them look around his home. He got the ladders from his Ford Transit van so they could check the attic and joked, ''Do you want to look in my van too?'' He had also sent her several voice notes asking her to ring him and he had also sent a message to Katie's son on Instagram. He said to her son that Katie had decided to go away for a while and asked him to care for her dog, with the dog's name Indy being spelt incorrectly. As news of her disappearance began to spread, missing posters were circulated with a description of her. She had last been seen wearing black leggings, flip-flops, a white and blue top and a blue cardigan. One thing that was deeply concerning was that her phone had been permanently disconnected. 60 specialist officers from four police forces were involved and searches were carried out to try and find her. The hunt involved police and fire service officers, dog teams, mounted police, mountain rescue volunteers and drones. The task before them was huge The area to search was vast and dense, including a forest that made up nearly five square miles. Her sister Sarah wrote on Facebook, It is now a waiting game. We have done everything we can, searched everywhere and contacted everyone. Then a witness came forward. Police said that a woman who matched Katie's description was seen getting into a silver Ford Transit van, accompanied by a male and they issued an appeal for anyone who had seen anything similar to come forward. The following day, Saturday the 23rd, Katie's sister Jenny sent Andrew a message. Andy, I think you know a hell of a lot more than you're letting on. I have read over the messages Katie sent to her kids, and she doesn't even spell like that, or speak like that, which is what the kids have also said. Katie knows how to spell and mentioned about you having dyslexia, which makes sense to the spelling. You sent them texts. You know where Katie is. The police will trace where she was from the last message sent. Doesn't add up how she would drop her car, her keys, her bank card at yours, but no phone and none of her other bank cards. It's about time you came forward and started telling some truth now. Andrew replied, I know you're worried and upset, but you really can't be throwing accusations at me like that. I had all that last night with Anthony and Sarah. 
I thought we might work together on this. That's why I gave you my number. I reported her missing last night as I said I would. I gave the police all Katie's things she posted. This is worrying enough without you adding to it. The police searched my house last night, so I think we should leave it down to them now. Jenny replied. Still doesn't make any sense, Andy. Yeah, we'll leave it there, and hopefully CCTV will give us answers. And sure enough, the CCTV did start to provide some. Cameras had shown her arriving on Todmorden Road and getting into his van. They were then seen at a McDonald's drive through As the van drove along the A670, a camera showed the pair sitting in the front seat. This was the last confirmed sighting of Katie Kenyon. Mobile phone data showed that her phone had pinged off of several towers, heading towards the forest of Boland. It also showed the phone travelling back, but a camera showed there was now only one person in the van, Andrew Burfield. That day at 3.45pm, the police headed back to Todmorden Road, and Burfield showed them the messages on his phone. When the police returned at 5.30, the SIM card had been removed and put into another phone. He had also lit a fire, which was unusual, given that it wasn't that cold. Andrew Burfield was subsequently arrested on suspicion of kidnap. He was taken to Greenback Police Station, and the first of four interviews began. You've been arrested on suspicion of a kidnap in Casey Kenyon, so that's why you're in custody. Um, this interview is an urgent interview to try and ascertain the whereabouts of Katie currently. All right, I'm aware that you've requested legal representation, but the moment we have been authorised by the superintendent to conduct this urgent interview because there is a real concern for the safety of Katie and you will get a chance to speak to a solicitor later on. It's a very simple question, Andrew. Can you tell me where Katie is? You don't know. So is there any clue you can give us as to where she might be? I did give you a clue early on. Um, I think she's at a rehab centre. A rehab centre? Or some sort of clinic. Right, OK. And where would that be? I haven't got a clue. And why do you think that she's at that location? Because that's not that location, more than locations, yeah. I think, because that's what she talked about. That's what she wanted to do. So that's, she's given an indication that that's yeah. what, what she wants to do. But you're telling me you don't know where she is. I'm going to appeal to you now to, to let me know if you, if you do know anything at all. I tell you, I go and get her myself. Yeah? Mm. OK, because I'm sure you're aware that your family are really, really concerned. Yeah. Um, the last place she's known to be is blocked up on your road. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which is obviously why you're in course today. So it's reasonable for us to think that you may know where she is. <laughs> all right. So please, if you do not... I don't, honestly. I did say to the officers earlier, I mean, this, they left. I went and got tea, tea sorted with kids, and then they came back and were arrested. And what I said was, I'll go there and I'll, I'll write everything down. Um, have all this because they're asking me stuff when you were going through my phone. So I said, We're my phone, I don't know. Um, but I'll spread it. So that's what I didn't tell you to do tonight. But Where is the last location that you know that she was? My house. Right, so you know she was at your house? Yes. Okay, and when was that? 
But who exactly was Andrew Burfield? He was 50 years old and a father of two, and worked as a handyman in Burnley, and would work on different properties. Burfield was described as isolated and friendless. He had also had run-ins with the law. He had been jailed in 2001 for attempting to pervert the course of justice. He had also been accused of stealing his boss's car and selling it for £2,700, but was cleared. Throughout their relationship, Katie had looked to him for support and love, but he was manipulative and controlling. He would gaslight her and pretend to help her, telling her she needed to go to therapy to deal with her anxiety. He would often toy with Katie's mental health and tell her that she was mentally unwell. The pair would text back and forth and he would tell her she needed to go to rehab and that he would pay for it. Her anxiety was made worse when in 2021 her Ford Fiesta had been vandalised and her tyres slashed, but it wasn't reported to the police. On the 18th of February, she had received a High Court writ, ordering that she pay £4,000 to Andrew Burfield, money that he said she owed him. The fees continued to escalate, and by April, she owed £6,000. She was terrified that she would lose her home and that debt collectors would start taking her possessions from her. Burfield told her he would pay it and stop any bailiffs from bothering her, but as the deadline for payment grew closer the money was yet to materialise. She had messaged her mother Dawn and told her she feared for her life. She said, I'm paranoid to death he's going to do something, couldn't sleep all night. Andrew Burfield told her how much he loved her, but would then say she had overreacted about the money he said she owed and he contacted debt collectors without telling her. In one message he told her to take two weeks off work and go to a clinic for mental health treatment, adding... I'm thinking we need to get you back on the right path, Babs. Despite Burfield's proclamations that he loved her, he was also secretly seeing another woman. She had told him how sick she was with anxiety and how paranoid and nervous she felt. He told her everything would be fine and sorted out on the 22nd of April. We remain extremely concerned about Katie Kenyon's welfare after she was reported uh, missing from home last week on Friday. Detectives from the Force Major Investigation Team are following a number of lines of inquiries to try and find out what has happened to Katie. Her family are extremely concerned and say Katie's disappearance is out of character for her. They are currently being supported by specially trained officers. We are continuing to search in the area along with partners from Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service and the Mountain Rescue Teams. A 50-year-old man from Burnley was arrested on suspicion of kidnap on Saturday and today, today detectives have been given a further 36 hours to question this man. This man is known to Katie. We continue to be extremely concerned about Katie and we have a large team who are working hard to try and find out what has happened to her.
whilst we, we, we keep an open mind, it is obviously a great, great concern that we haven't seen or heard from Katie since Friday morning. We continue to support Katie's family and to keep them updated around any developments. Detective Chief Inspector Al Davies said, While we have arrested someone in connection with our investigation, I'm very much keeping an open mind as to what has happened, and I have a team of officers and staff working hard to try and find Katie and return her to her family. When investigators looked into Burfield's phone, they found several pieces of evidence. His iPhone had last been backed up to the iCloud on the 4th of April, as he had ran out of storage. In his notes app, a series of drafted messages were found. The messages were him pretending to be Katie, and they were addressed to her children, mother and him. They were almost word for word what had been sent on the 22nd of April, but had not been drafted any later than the 4th. When they looked at his movements the day before she had last been seen, another sinister discovery was made. He had gone out to the forest where his phone had been switched off for 90 minutes. He told the officers he had gone there to find a good spot as he wanted to take Katie for a picnic the next day. The officers discovered that day he had also borrowed a spade from his parents. Then another witness came forward. The homeowner of a property on Hillingdon Road that Burfield had worked at on Saturday the 23rd, said that Burfield had asked what day the bins would be emptied. This immediately stood out as strange. When the officers went to go and check, they found plastic bags with blood on them and Katie's bloodied flip-flops. The spade he had borrowed was also there. In an interview with police on the 25th, he said that their reason for going to the forest was because Katie would write down her problems and then burn the paper, so this was what they were going to do. He said he had gone to the forest on the 21st, but because it was late and dark, he couldn't find a good spot. As the days passed with still no sign of or word from Katie, hope began to fade. The police started to conduct their inquiry as a murder investigation. Lancashire police said, whilst Katie has not yet been found, we are now working on the basis that she is sadly no longer alive. The police conducted another interview with Andrew Burfield on the 27th of April, and it was then that his story suddenly changed. He said that after going to what he called their place in the forest and set up their spot, there was an axe on top of the cooler. He said that Katie had bet him he couldn't hit her can of drink with the axe. He said he had thrown the axe at a tree using both arms to throw it overhead, but at the same time Katie was starting to sit down. He stated that he threw it down instead of up, and shouted at Katie, but it was too late, and she was struck once in the head with the back of the axe. He described being covered in blood as she lay in his arms, saying it was like something out of a film. He said he was unable to get her body into his van, so he decided to dig a one-and-a-half-foot grave and bury her, covering her body with leaves and sticks, adding he didn't want her to be seen or for animals to find her. 
He tied a bag to a tree to mark the spot where she was buried. He hadn't planned it, he said, and he was going to go back to his house, deal with his children and her children, and then take his own life. He told the officers that he had burned her cards and phone before dumping the ashes in a bin outside a shop. The picnic box was found in his van, and investigators were also able to find a spot of blood inside Andrew Burfield's washing machine. Following this, he was charged with murder. It started uh, as a kidnap, a missing person inquiry uh, on Friday. Yesterday, uh, it dramatically changed to a murder hunt when the police uh, charged their suspects, um, uh, sorry, uh, uh, re-arrested their suspect on suspicion of murder. This evening, they have announced that he has now been charged with Katie Kenyon's uh, murder. We got a, a brief statement from Lancashire Police. It says, Andrew Burfield, 50, of Todmorden Road, Burnley, uh, has been charged with Katie Kenyon's murder. He's due to appear at Blackburn Magistrates Court at 10am tomorrow. Uh, Katie's family uh, have been uh, made aware, obviously, by the police. She's still being supported by trained uh, family... Uh, they're being supported by trained family liaison officers. This is um, Gisborne Forest, half an hour, 35 minutes or so away from where she was taken in uh, this silver transit van uh, that the police located here. Uh, they know that she left Burnley. They know that it was here and that van that was then back in Burnley. Um, they have 60-odd people searching yesterday. It's been scaled down somewhat today just for logistical reasons, but there have been uh, dogs out today. There have been officers searching selected areas. Uh, they're working uh, with psychological profiling um, computer systems that can tell them where they should look, what their search parameters should be. Uh, but the hunt now um, for what they believe to be uh, the body um, of Katie Kenyon will continue. The, the search operator here told me he expects it to be resolved fairly quickly, uh, but history tells us that in terrain like this, thousands of acres of forest, it can take a long time uh, for a body to be found. It could be that the police uh, have quite some job to do. Uh, but uh, Andrew Burfield, age 50, charged with Katie Kenyon's murder, will be in court tomorrow morning. On Friday the 29th of April... DCI Al Davies told Katie's family the devastating news. Her sister Sarah said, We simply could not face telling her children. DCI Davies had to do that for us. I cannot describe to anyone what that was like. It had been the longest seven days of our lives. With this new information, a specialist search team was sent out to find her. They were able to find the bag tied to the tree but they could not find any sign of a grave or burial site. As they couldn't find her body, police took the rare decision to have Burfield show them himself. He said he would take the officers to her, all of which was captured on a police body cam. The first thing I will tell you is you do not have to say anything, but anything you do say may be good evidence, OK? So all that's to say is that you are under caution, not to follow the procedure, so that anything that is that that said... Have been noted down. Okay. He was dressed in a forensic suit and handcuffed as he escorted the officers to the deposition site. He led them 69 metres off of the main track and knelt down on the spot. It was just metres from where they had already been digging. It was here 
that the search for Katie Canyon came to a devastating end. DCI Al Davies said, There was no mound of soil, no sign of a disturbance. It was a densely populated wooded area with a complex root network. Notwithstanding Burfield has a skill base as a builder, this was a complex grave. Each layer of soil was taken off in order, the topsoil, then the next, and put back in that same order. A large root ran through the grave, and it had not been severed. An archaeologist and a forensic botanist said it was completely implausible to dig that grave within the timescale Burfield was known to have been in the forest with Katie. It was impeccably finished. I want to bring you some breaking news now coming to us from Lancashire. Police, in connection with the search for missing uh, Katie Kenyon, 33-year-old mother of two, the police say they have sadly found the body of a woman. The discovery was made last night in an area uh, as part of the forest of Boland after receiving new information. And at this stage, they say they're not in a position to formally confirm the woman's identity, but they do believe that the body is that of Katie. Her family have been told and they continue to be supported by specially trained officers. So a body has been found in the search for missing Katie Kenyon. Andrew Burfield, uh, who's 50 and of Burnley, has been charged with her murder. Despite his story that she had only been hit once with the back of the axe, the post-mortem revealed that Katie had actually been hit 12 times. Her phone has also never been recovered. Katie's funeral service was held in May. Mourners followed the horse-drawn carriage carrying her coffin as her family and loved ones prepared to say goodbye. Her family said that she had been taken away from her children and family far too soon and that they felt stuck in a heartbreaking nightmare. Her sister Jenny said... We will love you forever and always, my beautiful big sister. When his trial began at Preston Crown Court on the 14th of November 2022, it was expected to last roughly three weeks. He entered a plea of not guilty. The prosecution laid out their case, saying, A post-mortem showed severe head injuries with multiple fractures. The injuries indicated the use of a heavy weapon such as an axe or a spade. Dr Jamie Robinson, a home office pathologist, who will give evidence next week, estimated there were at least 12 separate strikes to the head. It is the prosecution's case that Andrew Burfield inflicted those blows. The court heard that on the 21st of April, Katie was captured on CCTV kissing and hugging Andrew outside his home. That afternoon, Burfield travelled to his parents' home and took a spade, and that evening his van was seen travelling out towards the forest. He then sent a message to a woman he had been seeing, saying that he was proper knackered. As the next day came around, in the morning the pair had messaged back and forth, and Katie had sent Andrew a message saying that she was ready and excited for a new chapter. 
who told Katie he was going to drive her to a unit for therapy, where she could get some help. Phone data was able to show that Burfield had not taken his phone with him that day. At 9.07am, Katie made her last phone call. Between 10.24 and 11.15 that morning, her phone didn't connect with the O2 network. The prosecution argued that it was during this time that Katie was murdered. At 12.34, Burfield sent a message to the other woman he had been seeing, saying that something had come up involving the children and he wouldn't be able to make their date as planned. He then set about covering his tracks by messaging himself, her children and her mother, pretending to be her. Sarah said, When the messages were received that afternoon, we knew immediately that something was not right. Katie would never have left her children like that. And there was all sorts going through our heads. We went out looking for her almost straight away, and we sensed then that Burfield was behind it. On the third day of his trial, Andrew Burfield dramatically changed his plea. He pled guilty to the murder of Katie Kenyon. Sarah addressed the court with a victim impact statement. Katie's murder has had an indescribable effect on our family emotionally, and things will never be the same again. I cannot put it into words. Every Christmas, birthday, holiday, and other significant date or event will be scarred by Katie's absence and the reasons behind her absence. Andrew Burfield was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum term of 32 years. Mr Justice Goose told him, Your murder of Katie was as cruel as it was savage. The calmness you displayed before, during and after proves your dangerousness. You planned this as early as April 4th, when you wrote notes on your phone to her children. You encouraged her to look forward to her new start, and she believed you. He said that what Andrew Burfield had done to Katie was a ferocious and cruel attack, adding that his guilty plea was not due to remorse, but rather because his plan to cover his tracks had failed. Nothing can ever bring Katie back. But the family hopefully gains some comfort in the knowledge that Mr Burfield now will spend a significant period of time in custody and hopefully the remainder of his life. At bare minimum, Mr Burfield will now be at least 83 before he's eligible for parole. Andrew Burfield is a callous, cold, manipulative individual. He's a vile individual. He meticulously planned the murder of Katie to a manner I have never seen before and hope never to see again. His offending throughout the course of their relationship was one of manipulation and mental torture for Katie. The family and myself would like to appeal to anybody who's out there to say if you are in a relationship and you have concerns about your partner or if you have concerns about anybody else and think they may have concerns relating to their partner, I would request and the family would request that you contact the police and make a clear or application. We're very keen to ensure that nobody else is harmed in the way that Katie's been harmed in this occasion. The family have also asked me to personally thank every person who's been involved in the case to bring Katie's killer to justice. They also think it's important to express who Katie was and the family have given me a few words that I'm now going to read on their behalf. Katie was beautiful and silly. 
she always surrounded herself by ch with children, her own and anybody else's who wanted to join in. She would take kids and the dogs everywhere with her. She'd even tried to set up summer camps for the local children so they had something to do and somewhere to go. She loved the outdoors and she loved people. We miss her. We miss her very much beyond words and we will never get to express our loss. Later that month, his sentence was referred to the Attorney General after a request to review it for being unduly lenient was made. His sentence was upheld and it was determined it was not unduly lenient. DCI Davies called it one of the most complex investigations he had ever worked on. This investigation is something that will remain with me forever. Katie was in the prime of her life and she should still be here now. Her children should be waking up to their mum every morning. Andrew Burfield has completely taken all that away, he said. Katie Kenyon was a loving, devoted mother of two. She had the rest of her life in front of her. Her loss has left a void that will never be filled. Her sister Sarah said, Not only has Burfield taken Katie from us, he has taken our lives too. Her children have lost their mum in the most horrific way. She was mum, dad and best friend all in one. Katie was a fantastic mum. Our mum Dawn has had to become a mother to two grieving teenagers. But to do this while grieving the loss of your daughter is so difficult. Katie told us she wanted to stop Burfield from being able to do to other women what he did to her. This cost her her life. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in today's case... We have left links to further resources in the description box below.